I want kids, I want a family. I want to be a mum. That's all I've ever wanted. Hi, I'm Ryan, and that's my beautiful girlfriend, Bridget. If this is your first time listening, I suggest you head back to episode one and start this story from the beginning. But if you're up to date, let's continue. At the time of recording this episode, I was hosting the Ryan and Tanya show at 6am until 9am weekdays on Hit 104.7 in Canberra and then weekend breakfast on Today FM in Sydney. Tanya and I have the same job, are a similar age and have similar fears about becoming a parent. So in this episode, I invited her in as we spoke to Justin Coulson, who's a parenting expert and a PhD. And as you'll hear later in this episode, things got pretty real. I'm so sorry to get upset, but it's like really scary for me because I really want to be a mum, but I also don't want to give up everything that I've worked towards. As you said, and you, know, you can't have it all. So it's like, and I'm so scared to give up being Tanya Hennessy because I'm going to become someone's mum. And I, I just don't know if I can do that. Lots of people I meet now are surprised by this, but I have an honours degree in finance and economics and I was halfway through completing my chartered accountancy qualifications before I took an 80% pay cut to try my hand at radio. I've always loved radio and I thought, if I just try this, even if I fail, at least I'll know that I tried. I was really scared that I might turn 50 or 60 or 80 and really regret not having a go when I was younger. So I did and I'm still plugging away. On our radio show at the moment, we touch on topics such as when should we have children? But as often happens in commercial radio, radio. we take an angle and have some fun with it and keep it short and snappy. Last year, I was given two simulator babies for a weekend, a set of twins. And because hashtag lols, I hired a babysitter. Say hello to your Good morning, PLK Nannies. You're speaking with Georgia. Yeah, hey, Georgia. Ryan here. Um, my kids, Shaniqua and Deshaun, need looking after, and I believe you have heaps of babysitters available? We do. We've got a the modern version of the babysitter's club. How long do most people hire a babysitter for? Uh, minimum three hours. The minimum <laughs> is not a concern for me. What is the <laughs> maximum time I can leave a child with a babysitter? So I organised for Georgia to come over at five o'clock, and right on the dot, the door knocks and the babies lose the plot. Hello. Hi. This is Shaniqua. That's Deshaun. And this is Bridget, by the way. With all the crying going on, Georgia the nanny asked about any allergies the kids might have. Yeah. Are there any allergies or medical conditions that I need uh, to know I don't about? know, but I reckon there is because she has not shut up all day. So <laughs> she must be allergic to something. We'll just keep an eye on that as well. So with our reflux, colic and disease-ridden babies in good hands, it was time to go out and watch the Raiders. And after the Raiders game finished, we watched some of the Wallabies, Matt. Great pressure from the Wallabies. And started playing some poker. I was having heaps of fun while back at my house, Georgia the nanny thought she'd got my kids to sleep. Shaniqua is mostly asleep. I think she's pretty tired because she's making some cooing noises so I'm just going to keep holding her for a bit and hope she falls off into a deeper sleep but with my children the peace never lasts for long and they will start wearing you down she's not very happy Um, she's not hungry she's not doesn't need a nappy change she's just being a little diva meanwhile back at the poker table pair kings (laughs) so with a pocket full of winnings a stomach full of meat and scotch we returned home to cap off a great night and go to sleep
until we remembered we were the parents of the most annoying twins in Canberra. Ryan. Ryan, the baby's crying. Can you... Parenting is a joint thing. I know, but this is for you. You said you were going to take care Uh, of them. It'll be fine. I love playing with audio. I love thinking of ideas and I love rolling up the sleeves, grabbing a coffee and editing stuff like that and stuff like this. And after spending 60 or so hours a week doing the show, I'm now making a podcast in my spare time. Now, spare time is a very interesting word, according to Bridget. So I asked her how much time I spend working. (laughs) Every waking moment. (laughs) Because when you're not at your computer, like working on something physically, you're creating ideas from life situations that happen. Like what? Um, like this. <laughs> Just like, I mean, you draw a lot of creative ideas from what happens in our lives or what we see other people do. or So your brain is sort of always in this mode of how can I turn that into something that is going to be a radio bit or a podcast or something to talk about. Is that annoying? Um, I think it shows how passionate you are about radio and how creative your mind is, I suppose, because you're always sort of thinking of things in a different light or a different way. Um, sometimes it's annoying because you know that because you sit on your computer or, or troll through things on your phone and stuff. Will I have time to be a dad? I think you'll make time to be a dad. And I've said that before, like your priorities will shift and you'll make time. I know that I don't have the hardest job in the world. I know that. It's never physically hard. Sure, you get tired sometimes, but I see tradesmen and construction workers, they're lifting things, they're digging holes. That's hard work. This isn't. But what makes radio so different is that despite the fact that you're never working as hard as you can physically, you're also never, ever not working. You're always thinking about it a little bit, asking questions and sniffing around for that next idea. Rod's my boss. He's the content director of Hit 104.7 and he used to do a breakfast show himself, so he knows how much commitment's involved. If you're going to reflect the life of your listener, you've got to reflect your life. Do you know what I mean? So uh, it's not a job, it's a lifestyle. From a balance point of view, there there can be none. (laughs) (laughs) Shit. (laughs) Um, and how, how many hours do you reckon I do in sort of full or semi-work mode a week? Like what percentage of waking hours? <laughs> the greats, the waking hours, it sounds insane and it sounds like it's a disconnect with reality. And in a way it is. The waking hours are what are called content. Now, what is, you know, what is interesting content and what is mundane content, that's where, you know, the, the skills are developed over time, you know, and you go, oh, yeah, people are going to get this or no one, this hasn't happened to anyone in the world, they'll be amazed by this. Yeah, it's a wacky freaking life, mate. It's not a job. You met my friend Liam in episodes one and two. Liam knows me really well and we're talking about prioritising between career, friends, family and health and what he thought was most important to me. I feel like those groups are way too small because I think, yes, you are career-minded, absolutely, but 
only when it's going to be something that's also fun and stuff like that. And like, if you were just career minded, you would have been a fucking accountant forever stayed there. And, and stayed there. So it's like you've chased something fun kind of thing. And again, if our friendship group is such a family that I can't, you can't necessarily switch off family and have friends going because it's kind of both. The same thing. Um, yeah. I actually, like I kind of go, oh, it's weird when people say, oh, you really focus on your career. And for me, I quit my career yeah, that's five right. years ago yeah. and I'm just faking it. To right. make I was going to say, if you, if you, as much as yes, you've got a successful career in radio right now, I was going to say, if you'd actually just wanted to be successful for the sake of being successful, then you would have been an accountant and probably been miserable and been loaded. Why didn't you do that? You could have taken me overseas and done all these fun things and bought me gifts and stuff. It was, well, a lot of people don't tell you this at uni when you're studying finance, but it's actually quite boring. Boring. <laughs> You also met my sort of cousin Max in the first few episodes. Max, Liam and I have all been really good mates for 15 years now and he's recently become a dad himself. Luca is 20 months old tomorrow, I think, and Ruben is 20 months old tomorrow. They are obviously twins. I love hanging out with Ruben and Luca. The boys came to stay with us earlier this year and Ruben is really good at knowing what is a car and what is a plane. Plane? <laughs> car? Plane. Car. 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 As we entered the house, you can hear Luca crying in the background because he's not as smart as Ruben and doesn't know the difference between the two. I sat down with Max and knowing how excited he was to become a dad, I asked him what the scary parts were as well. Even though you're more excited, were there still a few things that you're like, oh, I'm not sure about this and I'm a bit nervous about that? Or Oh, yeah, obviously just normal nerves about something that big and life-changing. Yeah. But my, I, I'd sort of already changed my life in the sense that I i wasn't really going out and partying and yeah. I wasn't, I wasn't going to have to move for my career. And So I wasn't like – there was no things I would have to ditch yeah. in term, apart, apart from like all my time and energy. <laughs> 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 Career-wise, I was starting to push myself into a new direction, but actually the idea of having a child focused me more on that than anything, anything yeah, else. Yeah, now you, you like have a reason to. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. yeah. Tanya Hennessy is my radio co-host and we spend a lot of time together, arguably too much. I mean, don't let this radio show get in the way of you coughing and sniffing to check your own armpits during the break there. You know when you've got a tan on, the tan and the sweat just combine to make the most horrific smell. Because sometimes the tan oil will take the edge off a bad B.O. Yeah, you're right. A little coconut flavour. Yeah, you're right. Well, it's, it's, it's more like burnt caramel. Come and smell it. Like, I feel no, like you I need to... Thought so. right, no, I <laughs> Chatting between the songs, Tanya and I both go through phases where we think we'd love to have kids, but then we go through phases where we remember that we get up at 4am and sometimes we're still recording stuff at 6pm and we think, how the hell could we manage having children as well? We go back and forth all the time. I'd organised a chat with Justin Coulson. He's a parenting expert, has a PhD, written plenty of fancy books, and since Tanya and I are in a similar boat, we chatted with him together. We asked if it's normal to keep going back and forth, changing our minds about having kids. Uh, yeah, you know it is. I, I, and I'll, I'll give you a really nice illustration of how hard this parenting gig is. Um, uh, there's a guy called Scott Pape. He wrote a best-selling book earlier this year called The Barefoot Investor. And in the book, he tells the story of how the Victorian bushfires ravaged his property and he was surveying the damage. There was nothing left. But he had this feeling. He just said to himself, I've got this. And, and, and I can honestly tell you, in spite of the fact that I've got the PhD, I've written the four books, I've got six of my own children. Whoa. There is 
there is not a single time in my life as a parent where I can honestly say, I thought to myself, I've got this. Never. <laughs> Did you ever Age. thought, I'm ready for this, though? <laughs> uh, well, well, we can fool ourselves into believing that we are, but, but once they hit us with it, we just sort of we say, wow, that was, that was unexpected. I wonder what I should do now. <laughs> it's a tough gig. And, and I know some parents are probably saying, what's he going on about? It's, it's not that hard. Uh, to them, I would say, just wait. <laughs> One of the reasons why I'm sort of not quite willing to be like, yeah, let's do this, let's have kids with my partner Bridget is I, I don't think I know enough about how to be a dad or what a dad's supposed to do. And um, I think the fear of me being a bad dad, I think it, it's it's just easier to not be a dad. Mm. Uh, is there any ways to sort of get past that fear or does everyone go through that same thing or how do I get past this bit? Yeah, I think people who are introspective, people who think about it actually – not only do have that fear ahead of time, but, but it, it kind of does stay with you because it is pretty challenging. Uh, I've written the books, I travel the country giving talks in schools and organisations about how to dad, how to parent, and, and, and yet my children still manage to find ways to, to challenge me mm-hmm. and, and, and I still feel underdone and under, feel like the knowledge still isn't there. So, so my advice, Ryan, is you'll never be ready uh, and, and at some point you've just got to kind of dive in and keep your fingers crossed and then love them like crazy, even when you don't think that you could possibly love them again. Yeah, I think a lot of people will be concerned about, you know, they've been working hard on their small business or they've been working hard at uni and they're working hard to get that next big job and they kind of have this fear that, oh, if I become a parent, that everything I've worked towards, I'm going to throw it away because I'll just become someone who just has to get what I have to do done at work so I can get home and spend most of my time and effort with my family. So what advice do you have for people who still might be ambitious in other parts of their life and, and are scared that starting a family is going to detract from, from whatever else they're doing? I, I don't believe that we can really have it all. Mm. Uh, that, that's, that's a lesson that I've learned probably the hard way. We, we, we can't have it all. But it's interesting, once you become a parent, it kind of changes your perspective on those things anyway. They become a little less important they become a little less of a central focus for you. And, uh, and you start to experience, I mean, I've, I've concentrated a little bit as we've talked on the negatives, on the hard stuff. But I'll tell you what, some of the joys of being a parent are simply irreplaceable. Mm. When, you, when you nurse this little baby off to sleep and you look down at her or him in your arms and you think, my goodness, this is just perfect. Or you know, when you read them stories and tuck them in at night as they get a bit older and you stare into their eyes as they not off and watch them literally fall asleep right in front of you and and you think this is this is sublime this is this is incredible there's nothing like this and when you see them learn how to read or learn how to walk or learn how to learn how to talk or learn how to drive a car and drive out of the the, the, the transport office with p plates on their car for the first time and they just leave you standing there and you think this is this is incredible there are no words for this mm. um, the, the the highs are just so high and the lows stretch us and they teach us a lot about ourselves and and how we can become better humans yeah i think like hearing that justin like it's so emotional for me because i i don't want i don't i've never wanted to be a mother and when i turned 30 all of a sudden i was like oh this is something i have to do and when i hear you talk about like all the exciting cool things it's like kind of i'm so sorry to get upset but it's like really scary for me because i really want to be a mum, but i also don't want to give up everything that i've worked towards as you said and you know you can't have it all so it's like it is managing that and i'm so scared to give up being tanya hennessy because i'm going to become someone's mum, and i i just don't know if i can do that after a moment of consoling and a few deep breaths justin gives us some perspective when you have children you make a commitment to to forever live with your 
heart walking around outside your body and you watch that little heart go off to school and and, and go off and start dating boys or girls and uh, and, and every now and again that, that heart of yours will be will be absolutely trampled on and then many times it will be lifted up so high and you just think this was worth it. There is nothing that compares to this. It's extraordinary. Tanya's in her 30s, I've just turned 30, my girlfriend Bridget has just turned 30, and whilst it's all well and good to look around on the outside and decide if we're ready, there is that biological aspect as well. Yeah, look, there's the biological reality associated with it, but I think there's something deeper. I think as humans, we're designed to want to bring another human into the world. Uh, we've got that we've got that inbuilt desire, and not everybody has it, and, and not everybody is glad that they did it. But mm. when I speak to parents overwhelmingly, in spite of the, the challenges and the sacrifices, they wouldn't have it any other way. What happens, and um, you can guess both Tanya and Justin, which side of this conundrum or I hypothetical. Already I already know. <laughs> what, ha- what happens if one person in the relationship is really, really keen to have children and the other one is not so much? Like, What impact can that have? in your experience on, on a relationship? My experience and the data would suggest that it really just depends. You know, so, sometimes, uh, let, let's let's take the stereotypical example. It's not always like this, uh, but let's take the, the most common example. The the, the the woman in the relationship is is desperate for a child. That yeah, for the hypothetical, child. let's call that woman Bridget and uh, <laughs> let's call the guy Ryan. <laughs> right. And, and, and so in some cases, you'll find that, uh, that it can destroy the relationship, plain and simple, because it, it's so helpful to be on the same page when you're making major decisions. Uh, but in other cases, I've seen men uh, and, and women in, in some circumstances, but usually men, absolutely have an incredible transformation as they, uh, as they pick up that, that child for the first time and, 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 and really hold it close. You know, they see what their wife or their partner has gone through in the, in the labor process and they, they, they are there and they're participants in what's going on and, and it does change them. Not all, but often. I keep getting told that once you have a child, your priorities change. It's said in a way that's supposed to be reassuring, supportive and understanding, but to me, it's not. It's scary. I've seen many people in my position sort of on the cusp of launching a career or just ready to do something great, either in radio or other industries. They have children and bang, just like that, it stops. The ideas stop. The energy for work stops. The passion stops. And I feel like all those hours I did in really small towns on really small wages would all be for nothing. I know new dads who've straight up lost their jobs because they stopped putting in the time because they didn't have the time to give anymore. Radio is really cutthroat and fighting for its existence in the media landscape. I don't really need anything else holding me back, right? They're short in case he missed kicks the Tigers. He gets onto an absolute ball burster. It comes back. It's a goal. Anthony Rocker lifts the Collingwood. Eddie Maguire is a very busy man. He's the host of Who Wants to Be a Millionaire in Australia. He's the host of the AFL Footy Show. He's the host of Triple M's Hot Breakfast, a daily breakfast radio show. And he's the president of the Collingwood Football Club. I asked Eddie to think back to just before he became a father and asked if he was scared that he might have to start saying no to opportunities to give time to his children. No, well, no, yeah. no, no I didn't ever think about giving up anything else. Yeah. It just uh, drove me to work harder. But you also have to work smarter. The changes for me was that at that stage of my life, I was lucky enough I'd had a pretty successful career to that stage. Yep. 
But you always thought, well, if it all ended tomorrow, I'll go and do something else. I'll go and get a job. I'll have a change of career. I'll go back to university. Suddenly you think, no, hang on a second. Uh, this is now a different game. Um, I have a family. Uh, there are lives at stake here, you know. But uh, once uh, the aspect of having a child comes in, then there is a huge amount of responsibility that comes on. And in my mind, in my experience, was a change in, in, in tactics and a change in focus on the way I wanted to live my life from that moment on. In a sentence I never thought I would ever say, Collingwood President Eddie Maguire and my cousin Max have something in common. They both believe that not only are children not a career burden, but they're actually the greatest motivator and incentive to work harder and smarter. It's not just about an individual anymore. Instead of two incomes feeding two mouths, it's possibly just one income feeding three or four. So it's time to get smart about it. In the next episode, you'll hear my full chat with Eddie Maguire. I was brought up in Melbourne. I love radio and I love AFL. So it's hard to look past Eddie's credentials and resume and think if he's got time to fit it all in, then maybe I'm a chance as well. Thanks to Liam and Max for being part of this episode. Thanks to my girlfriend Bridget as well. My boss Rod Cutter here and my radio co-host Tanya Hennessy for joining me with the discussion and being so open and honest about it. Thank you to Justin Coulson, parenting expert, author and PhD. You can visit his website and find his podcast at happyfamilies.com.au. Thank you to Eddie Maguire for being part of this episode and in the next one. And thank you to Brad March, Jay Mueller, Rosie Walton and Will Rolston for making that possible. Behind the scenes, thank you to Matty Heap for his organisation and again, thank you to Brody Green for mixing the audio for this episode. This is Am I Ready to Be a Father? We'll chat to you next time. Oh,